This is a podcast from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Bank St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. Praise God. Amen. So great to be in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? And to be together as the church. Um, I want to thank you all, first of all, for the feedback I've been receiving from this current teaching series that we're doing, um, Different Gifts, the Same Spirit. Um, I'm really enjoying all the study, getting out my notes, that, uh, of my study notes of, of years ago, and reminding myself of some of the things that I learnt when I was studying pneumatology as the, sub, the theological subject of the, the spirit is. And I'm really enjoying that. And, um, you know, it's, like I said last week, sometimes it, it, it's really good to remind ourselves of the basic principles of the things that we believe in as Christians. Certainly as Pentecostals, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is important to us and it's precious to us. And last week we looked at the message of wisdom and the message of knowledge. And as you know, if this is your first time you've uh, heard a message from this series, just to, to say that we're looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read that in a minute. And we're just going through the gifts of the Holy Spirit another time, just to unpack them a bit more, understand them in a better way. And so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and read this passage of Scripture, a well-known passage in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to pick it up from verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. So today we're going to be looking at faith, healing, and miracles. Um, there was a, a, there's a story about a man who was walking on the cliffs one day, and he unfortunately fell down and plunged down about 70 feet uh, until he grabbed hold of this protruding bush that was growing um, outside of the cliff um, sheer face. And after securing his grip, he was there panicking, and he, he looked down to uh, hundreds of feet to certain death, and uh, he was panicking now. Um, then he began to cry out, help me, somebody please help me. And after a while, he heard this voice, and the voice said, I am here, I'm ready to help you. A frantic man called back, good, great, great, help me. And who are you? And the voice answered, I am God, and I'm ready to help you. The man was astonished, and he cried out, wow, thank you, Lord, you're going to help me. And the voice replied, 
Now have faith in me. Trust me. Turn loose of that limb and I will save you. The man looked down a hundred feet and thought for a minute and then said, is there anybody else up there? (laughs) So let's have a look at faith to to begin with. Generally speaking, faith is the ability to believe. If a person has faith, we say he believes. We all have faith. We all have saving faith. You know, those of us that have come to a saving faith, who have put their faith and trust in God to say, yes, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you come and died for me. And I, I ask for forgiveness. We have that saving faith. We all have faith in his word that, that what he says in his word is true. And, but the spiritual gift of faith that is listed here in 1 Corinthians 12 is something beyond that ordinary faith, if you like, which all of us have. It is a special gift of faith. It is faith given by the Holy Spirit to meet a special need. You know, this series that we're doing, Different Gifts, Same Spirit, I haven't called it a preaching series or a sermon series. It is more of a teaching series. So, you know, it's going to be more of a teaching, as I said, in the last two um, teaching sermons, if you like. You know, and there'll be plenty of scripture and things to write down. If you don't catch it all, you know you can get it on the website and listen to it again. But as with all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the the gift of faith is not our property. The gift of faith is given as and when the Holy Spirit desires, or as it says in verse 11, as he determines. The gift is given, the need is met. And so the gift has accomplished its purpose. Faith is mostly based upon knowledge. This could be why sometimes our faith is small sometimes. We have little knowledge, so we have little faith. God is all-knowing, isn't he? He is omniscient. I said this last week. Omni or seant knowing. He is all-knowing. God has perfect faith. And through the gift of faith, a small part of his perfect faith is given to meet a specific need. Usually three things are present when the gift of faith is manifested. Firstly, an impossible situation, an impossible condition, maybe. Secondly, the gift of faith is given. And then third, a solution is seen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. And we're going to read the account of Peter when he heals the crippled beggar. And in this passage, we can see those three things that I've just highlighted there. So let's read this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. 
Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, him, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but, I have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gates called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. In this passage, we see the three things that I mentioned. The man was crippled, and he had been all his life. It was an impossible condition that could not be healed physically, naturally. Secondly, Peter sees the need and discovers he has a special faith in his heart. And so because of the gift of faith, he spoke to the man, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And as a result, the gift of, as a result of the gift of faith, not Peter's faith, but God's faith, the cripple is healed. The solution was seen. I believe, and so do millions of people around the world, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. Not just for New Testament times. The Holy Spirit desires to work like this today. I believe with all my heart. The Holy Spirit wants to give us the special faith of God for great needs and difficult situations. God needs people like Peter who would dare to act when the Holy Spirit drops that gift of faith into their hearts. So how can we know if we have the gift, of, we have been given the gift of faith? Well, I believe like most of the gifts, we will know it in our inner being, in our hearts. Uh, the word faith means, can mean persuasion. When we receive the gift of faith, a deep persuasion persuades us that God will do a certain thing. There is this inner knowing, there's this, I don't know, it's a burning inside. We know that we have a gift of faith that we believe that that person will be healed or that situation will be solved. We are persuaded by God. You not only hope, but you know that God will, ha- will act. You know without a doubt if you've been given the gift of faith for a given situation. Sometimes we can be in a situation and someone may say something. Maybe we're talking at work. Maybe we're talking in the fellowship. And someone will say, look, I'm feeling ill. About, I'm feeling ill. Or they talk about a situation that is impossible. And you may have a tug in your heart, in your spirit, to offer prayer for them. I'm sure many of you have experienced that and and followed through with that. But sometimes we are afraid of acting upon that, upon this urge from the Holy Spirit. Other times we may have courage to act upon it and we pray and that person is healed or the situation is solved. And this is why I believe that We need to listen to the Apostle Paul as he reads in one of the letters. He tells us that we are to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. 
Our lives must be in line with the Holy Spirit. We must allow the Holy Spirit to lead us day by day. Because then when the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts, we can act upon them. As I said, for the gift of message, the gift of the message of wisdom, the gift of the message of knowledge, they are for building and edifying of the church. That is the purpose of the gifts, to build up, to edify the church. So too is the gift of faith. Through the gift of faith, the whole church is helped and built up. If one person benefits, the whole body benefits. Remember 1 Corinthians 12 verse 26 says, If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. So that's faith. Let's have a look at healing. Healing means well. It means making well or whole. Gift means grace, favour or kindness. And, in, and it's important, I, I notice, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I love words. And the word here doesn't say a gift of healing, it says gifts of healing. It's plural. And plural means more than one. So in this case, gifts mean more than one gift of healing. Gifts of healing, then, are manifestations of God's grace, his favour, his kindness. These gifts of healing flow out of the Spirit, through us, and then to the person who is in need of healing. Gifts of healing are given for those that are in need. And they are manifested through us. It is not right to say that a certain person has a gift of healing. It's better to say that the Holy Spirit, that by the Holy Spirit and through the Spirit-filled follower of Jesus, gifts of healing are manifested in the church. As you know, healing is a very tender subject. Very tender subject in and out of the church. And there is a lot of misunderstanding and about healing, why some people are healed and others are not. And I'm not, I don't presume that I have the answer. If I did have the answer, I think I'd be a very famous person and I would be overbooked in conferences and churches all over the world. What I intend to do today is open up some scripture, some scripture, some references. And together we're asked the Holy Spirit to show us more understanding on the subject of healing, especially the gifts of healing. We may not have all the answers. We may not understand why some are healed and others are not healed. But we must keep on believing and trusting in God. The emphasis of my teaching this morning will be on the gifts of healing rather than the whole subject of healing. But let's have a look at some scriptures just to maybe provoke us, to maybe challenge us, to something that we can study more. And my hope through this teaching series is that we don't just listen to it on a, on a Sunday or in our connect groups, but we will take time to, 
to get our concordances out, to get our Bibles out, and study this subject for ourselves. And ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? John 9, verse... John chapter 9, verses 2 to 3. Let's just read that. Let's go from verse 1. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. This is Jesus... His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Sickness is not a direct result of our sin. Jesus is clear on that. But it is a result of man's fall into sin. God never intended sickness to be in our lives. He never intended sickness to be in this world. But because of the fall of man, sickness has entered the world. John 5, verses 14, says this. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So some people may use this scripture to maybe contradict what Jesus said about that his sin or his parents' sin did not result in his sickness. And the implication here is that Jesus is saying, stop sinning or something else will happen to you. It's clear here that Jesus has healed this man. He's healed this man. But obviously, he, I don't believe this man, he had not asked for forgiveness of his sins, and he was continuing in his sin, even though he had been healed. And Jesus, one presumes that as a result of Jesus' words here in in John 5, verse 14, um, because it says in 15, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. He came to a place where he stopped sinning, and he stopped sinning, and he, I presume, he asked for forgiveness for his sins with Jesus. So I bring those those passages in just to, I'm not going to expand on them anymore, and I, I want to leave them hanging there also, almost a bit. And I want you to take on the, take on the, the homework, if you like. Just, just have a look at those passages and other passages. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You know, sometimes I, as, as a minister, as a preacher, it's, it, I bring things from the Lord. But I believe sometimes God wants us to dig deeper and dig deeper into the Word of God. Not just listen to my words or other people's words on a Sunday, which they are important as I impart God's words into your lives. But also, we need to get into Scripture. We need to study. And this subject of the gifts of healing is a, is a meaty one. I understand that. So let's have a look at the gifts of healing and how they work. In, is manifestation... is Manifestation of gifts of healing limited to certain people? Let's ask that question. Is manifestation of the gifts of healing limited to certain people? Well, first of all, the passage in 1 Corinthians 12 says that all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So we are clear here that the gifts 
And so that includes the gifts of healing are not just for specific people. Potentially, we could all receive the gift if the Holy Spirit determines it so. Let's have a look at some scriptures and some of the people that were used in the gifts of healing. Peter and John, we're not going to look at these. We've already looked at this one in Acts 3, verses 1 to 11. Peter and John are used. In Acts 5, verse 15, Peter is used again. In Acts 8, verses 5 to 7, Philip is used. In Acts 9, verse 17 to 18, Ananias is used. In Acts 14, verses 8 to 10, Paul is used. And in James 5, verse 14, the elders are used as they are called to pray for those that are sick. Some people say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these gifts that we are studying at the moment, are only for the apostles. But we see clearly here that Philip is an evangelist, Ananias is an unknown believer, follower of Jesus, and the elders were used in the gifts of healing. Let's have a look at some scriptures that show us how the gifts of healing work. Uh, Matthew 8, verse 3, healing is brought through a touch, a spoken word. Matthew's eight, Matthew 8, 5 to 13, through a spoken word again. Matthew 8, verse 15, through a touch. Matthew 9, verse 29, through a touch, through a spoken word. Matthew 12, verse 13, it was a command. Uh, in John 9, verse 6, verse 6, it was a placing of mud on blind eyes and again a spoken word. In Acts 3, verse 6 to 9, it was a command or a lift with the hand. One more, there's so many. Acts 9, verse 34, was a spoken word. It was a command. So from these passages, we can see that the most common method of, of healing or how it worked was by the spoken word. There is a danger that when we study the healings and all the healings, healings that are listed in the Bible, that we then can try and formulate a formula of how healing works. And in looking at these passages and studying them, we must take care to try and not put them and the methods of healing into a box. Remember, our knowledge is limited. And so we can only understand these scriptures according to the knowledge that we have. And there is a danger that we get ourselves into a way of thinking that tries to replicate the early apostles as a formula to receive healing. We know that it's not like that. The trouble is that when we, when we do this, when we try and replicate it, and when we try and put these gifts of healing into a formula, when that formula doesn't work, we question God and his divine power. We cannot try and put the vastness of God into a very limited understanding. We have to put our faith and our trust in God. So how do we know when we have the gift of the gifts of healing to share? As with faith, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I believe you will know a deep sense in your own spirit. You will know. The, gifts, the gift of the gifts of healing are not something that you can turn on, that you can turn off. No one has the gifts of healing at their own command. 
Remember, it is only as the Holy Spirit wills. But this is not denying that some may experience the operation of the gifts of healing more often than others. And we see that in certain people. Peter, in Scripture, is a good example of that. Out of all the disciples, he was recorded as being used the most in the gifts of healing. So what is the purpose of the gifts of healing? As I've said, and I will say again, and I will say again in, 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 in future studies, the overall purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to build up the body of Christ, to edify the church. Remember, this is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, because the Corinthians were abusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they were using them to manipulate people. This is never, never the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is to build up. It is to edify. The different gifts do this in different ways. The gift of the gifts of healing build up the body of Christ by enabling it to be healthy and well physically. Another purpose that would be that the healing can help bring people to Christ. Often the gifts of healing are, are present in the evangelist ministry. They attract people to the hearing of the gospel. Acts 4 verse 30 says, Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Acts 5 verses 12 and 14 says, The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. A crowd of men and women believed in the Lord. So we see as a result of the gift of the gifts of healing being used in the church and outside of the church, men and women believed. So the, the purpose of the gift of healing are to meet the physical needs of the body of Christ and to help bring people to Christ. And let's have a look at the working of miracles. The NIV says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10, to another, miraculous powers... I prefer the New King James Version, but says, to another, the working of miracles. The Greek word for miracles is dunamis. Many of you will know that, from which we get the word dynamite. Um, as you know, dynamite is an explosive. It has great power. By using the word in the gift, working of miracles, it means supernatural power to do things which are otherwise impossible. As with the other gifts, by looking at scriptures we can, about miracles, we can increase our understanding. There are many miracles throughout the whole of the Bible. Um, if in the Old Testament, some of the well-known miracles are Moses brought water out of a rock. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry land. Uh, Joshua made the sun stand still. Elijah prayed down fire from heaven. Elisha made an axe head float. Some of the miracles of Jesus are he turned water into wine, he calmed the stormy sea, he walked upon the water, he fed many people with only a boy's lunch, he raised a man from the dead. There's so many I could have listed. The miracles in the Old Testament and by Jesus are great miracles, but they may be explained differently to our subject today of the gift of the working of miracles. So let's have a look at Miracles that took place in the early church after the day of Pentecost. 
There are many I could choose from, but here are five, six, five or six. The miraculous escape from prison in Acts chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. The dead are raised in Acts 9, 35 to 41. Another miraculous escape from prison in Acts 12, verses 5 to 17. An enemy of God is blinded in Acts 13, verse 6 to 11. And there are no problems from snake bites in Acts 28, verses 1 to 6. None of these miracles listed here are because of great men. It was not men with unusual powers. It certainly wasn't something you can learn. It was the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. It was the gift of working of miracles. The dynamite of the Holy Spirit is manifested. In Acts 9, we read of the account, and I've preached on this before, the account of Dorcas, which is a a wonderful example of the working of miracles. Peter knew that he could not raise Dorcas from the dead, but he knew the Holy Spirit dynamite power could. So he prayed And the Holy Spirit moved deeply in Peter. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the working of miracles, Dorcas was raised from the dead. In our study, I've mentioned already today, in our study of of the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, I use the word omniscient. Well, through the working of miracles, we see another omni word. And that is omnipotent. Again, omni means all. And potent means powerful. So God is all-powerful. And by the gift of the working of miracles, the Holy Spirit manifests the power of God through us, his body. So what is the purpose of the gift of working miracles? As with the other gifts, it's purpose to build up the body of Christ. And one of the ways that the working of miracles does this is by removing obstacles which hinder the gospel. We can see this in a number of accounts in Acts. Acts 5, the fact that they were in prison was hindering the spread of the gospel. So the dynamite power of God opened those doors and they went on preaching. They went on spreading the good news of Jesus. In Acts 13, Paul was trying to convert a proconsul and he ran into an obstacle, namely a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus. By the dynamite power of God, The sorcerer was made blind and thus the obstacle was removed and as a result, the proconsul believed. So there we have three more gifts in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I hope, like me, that you have learnt something new and really, possibly, each of these subjects could do with their own own particular teaching study on it. So I've only really touched at it very briefly this morning. But hopefully you're, I'm hungry in your appetite to understand more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Certainly as an Elam Pentecostal church, we want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit being manifested. I want to see the, the, the church of God being built up and edified. And it's clear from Scripture that this is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I hope through this study we will, as Paul says at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, that we will eagerly, earnestly desire them. 
I believe, as I said, they are definitely for today. And that as we live our lives in step with the Holy Spirit, we will be amazed at the power of God at work through us. I want to, I know we want to see people come to Christ. We want to see people built up and live in their lives to the max for Jesus. And we have been given such a wonderful privilege as the body of Christ to be used by the Holy Spirit, to be given these gifts, to see the body built up and edified. I'm excited and I hope you are about the potential that is within us as a body, as a church. Let's be people, as our vision states, that believe that all things are possible and that we can dream big dreams. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's um, finish with a song. And just as, as, as the musicians get ready, I, I really, as I've said in my word, I really want us to get our Bibles out, get our, our study books out. If you haven't got a concordance, it's a worthwhile investment, something that you can use to, to open up Scripture in a deeper way. I want us to be able to go deeper than just our, our Sunday services and our, Wednesday, uh, our week, midweek services. Go deeper in our study. Let's have a look and see what is the Holy Spirit saying to us when we read the Scripture. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelin.co.uk.